the Alvin Galloway Show podcast is supported by Purge Men's Clothing and Accessories, located at 836 East Indian School in Phoenix. Call them at 602-595-3383. If you're looking for great men's clothing, suits, shirts, shoes, socks, you name it, hats, and all, you got it right there at Courage Men's Clothing. C-U-R-R-E-G at 836 East Indian School in Phoenix. Homelessness often stems from mental health issues, physical health issues, lack of access to affordable housing, or a combination of the three. Homelessness in Arizona. There are over 36,000 homeless people in the Grand Canyon State, one in every 184 Arizonans. Maricopa County holds 61% of Arizona's population, but an estimated 71% of the state's homeless population. Statewide, approximately 2,500 people are considered quote-unquote unsheltered, living on the streets. There were at least 7,419 people experiencing homelessness in Metro Phoenix at the start of 2020 when providers conducted an annual point-in-time count in Maricopa County. And because of COVID-19, those numbers have gone up. More than half of the people experiencing homelessness in the county are living unsheltered, sleeping on the streets, in desert washes, vehicles, or another place not meant for habitation. People experiencing this type of homelessness have significant needs ranging from food and water to blankets and clothing. Just recently, Arizona was awarded $40 million in federal funding for homeless shelters, rental, and rental assistance. The money comes from a new disbursement of funds from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development to help people impacted by COVID-19 with housing and shelter. The money will be spent on supporting, the money will be spent support The money will be spent for support of existing emergency homeless shelters, creation of more emergency homeless shelters, aid for people on the brink of homelessness. Eight animal welfare organizations across the valley have formed the Pet Housing Help Arizona Task Force to prepare for a surge in homeless pets as the end of the eviction moratorium looms.
All right, this is the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. And on this segment of the show, I have Dr. Neil Lester. Uh, sometimes we call her my twin. And uh, he is the founding director of Project Humanities and a professor at Arizona State University's English department. And we'll be talking to him about his program of Service Saturdays and uh, the projects that they have going on for the winter season and those uh, currently experiencing homelessness. So we'll be back here on the Alvin Galloway Show after a little bit of Gregory Porter. A star that beckons them A mother tonight is rocking a cradle in Bethlehem A little child shall lead him The prophet said of old In storm and tempest Heed him Until the bell is told Sing sweet and low Of man, a mother's night is rocking at freedom in
Spencer Gordon on the trombone, Walter Blanding on the oboe. Yes, that's Gregory Porter at the Lincoln Center, jazz at the Lincoln Center with Winston Marcellus. Winton Marcellus, not Winston. And this is the Alvin Galloway Show, and I'm with uh, Dr. Neil Lester. How are you doing, sir? I am good. Good to be talking to you again. How about yourself? Fantastic. Uh, great, great. Getting through this holiday season. Oh, tis the season. Tis the season. And uh, so you got some nice little things in the background there. I do. I'm trying to recreate my office, uh, my campus office, since we're all virtual. But for my presentations and my teaching, I still have show and tell stuff. Okay. So yeah, I got a few, got a few little things back there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You, you always have a good collection of artifacts. <laughs> hey, I, just call me Fred Stan Sanford. Yes. I, I collect stuff. Other, <laughs> other people call it junk. I collect stuff. Yeah, that's that's what they say about me too. I guess that's why we're twins. That's why. That's <laughs> one of the other reasons. One yeah. of the other reasons. Yeah. Well, and part of that, is, and I think that I saw you. You saw the video that one of my community buddies made uh, of my office office, and it really does have these things which become teaching tools. Mm. So you know, <clears throat> I think the analogy that works for me and when I talk about this is yeah we can we can go into an office like this one and look at these books but you have to make a conscious effort to pick up the book open it and then decide if you're going to flip through it right when you see these you don't really get an option not to not to not see them right and whatever comes into your head is precisely the, the lesson, the conversation that you either have with me or you have it with yourself. So mm -hmm. I'm always looking for stuff. I'm going to show you this one. I know we can't see on the radio, but I want to show you that one. Yeah. So this I one just got, and it's a bell. Okay. So while, you know, you can read a book and you can hear it in your mind, you don't have to worry about hearing it in your mind. Here. So now describe what it is. What, what, it, is a, it is a, uh, a menstrual mammy. Mm -hmm. So it's black face, uh, big red lips, uh, big giant small uh, smile. She's probably about uh, five inches, you know, dressed in the polka dot tablecloth stuff. Mm -hmm. It says it's from Miami, Florida, but it's it shows the ways in which these everyday objects became ways of defining negatively uh, black people. Mm -hmm. Oh, it sounds like Aunt Jemima ish. It's an Aunt Jemima, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Jemima, except th this is like Aunt Jemima plus the blackface. Cause see how oh, okay, right, right. The blackface. Yeah. It's not just Aunt Jemima. It's right. the exaggerated, bamboozled stuff yeah. from Spike Lee. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then I've got you know I, I've got my I know this is not what the show is about, but I've also got my nativity scene because <laughs> this one forgot the little the black wise man, <laughs> uh, and and tis the season to see. Uh, a, a new uh, that that level of meaning when we talk about dreaming of a white Christmas where everything mm -hmm. seems to be uh, whitened. Right. You yeah. know, uh, speaking except of except my black Santa, except my black Santa, Santa, right? Yeah, he's holding the fort down. Yeah, he's kind of looking like both of us with our pandemic spread, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> We've expanded. <laughs> yes. Tis the season. I keep saying that as a refrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know, you were, were just talking about your, uh, the White Christmas. Uh, I really, I think that was the same movie. Yeah, it had to be because I really hadn't seen that whole movie. Because uh, I think that isn't that the one with Bean Crosby? He's up at some lodge or um, the, the I, I, never, I never saw the movie. I was referring to the song. I'm oh, dreaming of well, a White the, Christmas. Well, the song comes from the movie. Oh, is that where it comes? Okay, well, yeah. educate but, me. Yeah. If you look at the movie, it has those stereotypical items in it. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, I, it's a different, I have a different view of the song White Christmas now. Uh, well, <laughs> and, and then couple that, which is what I do in my, my privilege and bias stuff, couple that with, you know, some of the songs that we sing mm -hmm. uh, in our church about whiter than snow, whiter than snow, clean me and I shall be whiter than wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And I, I know there's that, that one song about, I know I've been changed. And then uh, the, the singer talks about, you know, taking your black sinful soul and dipping it in the blood of Jesus and coming out white as snow. And I'm thinking that might not be the best. <laughs> That that image takes on a whole different meaning when we're talking about colonialism. Right. It kind of like a, that, uh, commercial in japan yes where where they did yes. the black guys dipped in the, the, yep. the wash machine and, yep. and comes out yeah 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 uh, italy has one too so anti-blackness and white supremacy are everywhere, everywhere. and it's the season to be reminded of that i'm telling you just go by any uh in in my case walgreens or any magazine rack mm -hmm. and there are all these stories about santa and all these stories about jesus and the nativity I see it in, in the neighborhoods where people are doing live ones mm -hmm. and things are racialized. Right. And um, and so it's an interesting moment now to pay attention to those things. Oh, what a world. What a world. <laughs> <laughs> Others would say you're just digging too much. Just let it go. I'm like, no, I don't know if we're digging too much. No, we don't have to dig. <laughs> you don't have to dig. It's right there. Yeah. It's but, right. You know, other people are blind to it because it doesn't affect them. Right. It, right. You know, it, they're the ones uh, that, that push it out there, but right. we're the ones that feel the reverberation of it. You know? Well, and, and again, you know, I, I talk about this in terms of feeling like people belong. I mean, to my knowledge, nobody has actually seen uh, the divinity, <clears throat> you know, in a way that's concrete. Right. But somebody had to image it. And those who imaged it were human beings who imaged it 
in their likeness. likeness and right. so there's every reason and it, it has nothing to do with my my faith system or what I believe, except I know that race and gender are always embedded into these things and sexuality. So, you know, tis the season to pay attention to all of that. If right. we're talking about racial justice, we have to look at the ways in which, um, and and the laity at, um, I think the fifth, fifth Episcopal district uh, had a had a program on that, you know, um, uh, reimagining justice and liberty within the African American Episcopal Church, and it was a good discussion about the ways in which white supremacy manifests in the ways in which we practice our denomination and our faith. Everything from hierarchy to, you know, uh, relegating those who are LGBTQ and women to other categories while it's still mainly men making decisions. Yeah. And men standing in the pulpit as the, 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 the others are associates or assistants, but these are the senior folks. Right, right. You know, there's, there's some churches that don't even let women in right. the pulpit. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. That's well, and covering their heads, you know, all of that stuff. And, and I, I keep reminding people to critique that. And James Baldwin says that, you know, to critique it is not to say that you don't care about it, you don't believe in it, or you don't love it. In fact, because I do care is the reason that I critique, because I know that we can be better. Right. So I kind of uh, borrow that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show right here on RadioPhoenix.org. Are you still haunted by that old love that's hanging around your driveway? Is your front yard cluttered with the remains of an old romance? Are the neighbors starting to shake their heads because you just can't let go? Then it's time to get rid of that old car, boat, motorcycle, or anything else with a motor. And no, we are not taking your lawnmowers. For a tax deduction for you and a charitable contribution, to Radio Phoenix. Now, for more information about Radio Phoenix's CARS donation program, just call 1-877-919-7749. Again, that's 1-877-919-7749. Radio Phoenix and your neighbors, thank you in advance. Absolutely. Oh! 
Danish Radio Big Band, and Etta Cameron. Have a little faith in me. This is Dr. James Rodriguez, CEO and President of Fathers and Families Coalition America. You're listening to the Alvin Galloway Show. Stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up. The Alvin Galloway Show, Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. for conversation, music, and culture. For more information about Fathers and Families Coalition America, visit our website, fathersandfamiliescoalition.org, or text NEXT LEVEL to 31996. We continue our conversation with Dr. Neil Lester, founding director of Project Humanities and an English teacher at Arizona State University. As we talk about his Project Humanities Service Saturdays. And in being better, we try to be better humans. And uh, in trying to be better humans, we have to, I'll say, embrace everybody and see others uh, who we think, quote unquote, are lower than us, which they are, no human really is lower than us, sure. than each other, sure. uh, and, and do something good for them. Right. Uh, and like what you're doing with your service Saturdays. So tell us about yes. service well, thank, thank, I'm glad that you asked because 
you know, we, we just like other organizations um, have had to use that word that people hate using that had to pivot. Uh, we, we didn't really have to pivot with that. We actually had to stop that. I mean, we can't exactly do that work virtually. You know, mm -hmm. I can teach virtually. We can have programs virtually. I, I, I can't do the homeless outreach virtually. What we have been able to do, however, and, and I'll say this for those who don't know, because I, I hope that the listeners in one way or another have either heard about this or connected with it or donated to it or volunteered with us. Uh, Service Saturday is, is an outreach through Project Humanities at Arizona State University, which uh, you uh, mentioned at the top that I direct and founded. And we have for the past six years supported 150 to 200 adults experiencing homelessness in downtown Phoenix. And what that means is that we would every two weeks, uh, very religiously, um, take out donations of clothing, uh, shoes, and toiletries, and become part, um, personal shoppers for those individuals. And while we were not necessarily on any level committing ourselves to getting anybody a job, what we were committed to is just demonstrating and extending some human kindness, some compassion, some empathy, some integrity, some respect, and then giving us an opportunity to self-reflect. Well, you know, initially in the COVID stage, when we didn't really know much about what was going on, we tried to wear masks, you know, use the hand sanitizer, not touch people, but then things got worse. And so we were asked to not come down because it was too challenging for our clients who didn't have the luxury and the privilege of social distancing when they were coming to get items. And so that meant that we had to rethink what we were doing and how we were doing it. So I'm pleased to say that at this point, nine months, we have not and will not resume until COVID is in the rearview mirror and we feel safe and know that we're not gonna infect anybody. But we have managed to continue uh, by partnering with other organizations uh, and individuals who go down and can give out blankets or give out uh, what we call care bags. Some people call them blessing bags of things mm -hmm. uh, to individuals who often are just on the streets are intense, which means that they don't have to cluster around us trying to try on shoes or trying to try on a jacket. Mm -hmm. So that's how we've continued the work. Okay. And the, uh, how, well, the, uh, uh, area that is primarily targeted it was around the uh i'll say seventh avenue to um maybe 15th avenue washington uh it's it's mainly like 12th tw uh 12th and madison down by the uh, central arizona shelter services and there's a whole um tree you know tree organization with Andre House and then St. Vincent de Paul, um, Cass. Um, and so we've gone there because that's where the clients are. And in pre-COVID, we were there religiously from 6.30 to 8.30 a.m. every other Saturday. And then every Friday, we have a warehouse uh, sorting in order to distribute those donations. So we have halted some of the donations but we have created instead a wish list on Amazon so that these are ongoing items that people need no matter the season. So the toothpaste, the deodorant, those kinds of necessities that many who have take for granted. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Seasonally, which is also part of a, a separate list, we are asking for blankets, hand warmers, gloves, beanies, um, scarves, uh, anything that we would use in warm weather. Mm -hmm. And so we're collecting both of those. And I have a session tomorrow where I am um, have invited and identified four individuals who can actually help with the sorting of donations, but in isolation with masks and social distancing. Our warehouse has seven rooms and each person will be in a room sorting donations. So nobody will be together and nobody will be clustered. And then we have three organizations that we are supporting I will then make arrangements for those organizations to meet me and I will give those items to the individuals who are taking them to distribute. Well, oh, okay. That's fantastic. Uh, because, you know, continue, but we do miss, <clears throat> we do miss the individuals because, you know, selfishly that was as much part of our going down um, as it was giving individuals some of the things that they needed to support them. Because we miss we miss these individuals, um, but know that our missing them is not enough to endanger them or us. Right, true, true. Because you know that 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 interaction on both sides uh, brings uh, people together. Because you know you have those who feel that somebody cares about them and is showing some interest in their condition and is uh, providing some kind of service, some kind of products. Uh, Great. For them, and then on the other hand, those who are doing those things feel that they are contributing to the well-being of, of that person. So. I, I wish that were shared by everybody, but it's not. Right. Because right. even <clears throat> even that perspective meets with resistance uh, from the city that mm -hmm. has uh, more than once tried to shut us down, and not just us, but any organization or group that's down <clears throat> because of all kinds of um, reasons. But, but I, I think what's, what's missing from that is uh, an acknowledgement that the very nature of homelessness and housing insecurity is being criminalized across the nation. Right. So, you know, so much of this is not about what we have been uh, experiencing in our interactions with the city representatives, but how those interactions took place. So, you know, threatening to have us arrested or threatening to give us tickets or forcing us to move our cars. You know, I drove down to what's called the zone now in that same space. And there are all these chain link fences mm -hmm. where people used to be able to put their tents up. So during the hot summer, they moved to a parking lot where the asphalt was yeah. over 100 degrees. So, you know, there are ways in which there's a lack, just a fundamental lack of humanity when we're talking about, you know, how much trash people are leaving behind or, oh, they're not cleaning up after themselves. That's, you know, it's stunning. And, and yet, you know, our nation is getting richer and richer. Some people are, you know, $130 million a day, Amazon. Mm -hmm. and, and yet there are people who have to decide whether or not they are going to have a, you know, a menstrual hygiene product or eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the, the best and the worst. I'll be home for Christmas You can count on me Please have snow and mistletoe and presents
hands on a tree Christmas Eve will find me Where the love light gleams I'll be home for Christmas Are you still haunted by that old love that's hanging around your driveway? Is your front yard cluttered with the remains of an old romance? Are the neighbors starting to shake their heads because you just can't let go? Then it's time to get rid of that old car, boat, motorcycle, or anything else with a motor. And no, we are not taking your lawnmowers. For a tax deduction for you and a charitable contribution, to Radio Phoenix. Now, for more information about Radio Phoenix's CARS donation program, just call 1-877-919-7749. Again, that's 1-877-919-7749. 
Radio Phoenix, and your neighbors. Thank you in advance. Absolutely. This is Althea Long, and you're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show. Stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up. The Alvin Galloway Show, Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. for conversation, music, and culture. And tune in to The Althea Long Show. It's a music mind walk every Sunday at noon to 2 p.m. right here on Radio Phoenix. The, the, this, yeah, the, the, I don't know, the, the challenges uh, of, I would say, taking those who are currently experiencing, right. taking care of those who are currently experiencing homelessness uh, is huge. Um, and, and, and I think, as you said, that people don't really look at the humanity of it. I think they more look at their self-interest. Uh, how this affecting the look of my business, how this is affecting the look of my city, uh, instead of if they um, made affordable housing, <laughs> had more affordable housing. And affordable housing is not, uh, say, $1,500 a month <laughs> right. for a little box. Right. You know? right. Well, and that's, that's likely to increase. Right. Uh, as as we near, uh, you know, some kind of light at the end of the tunnel of this pandemic. Right. Because, you know, I, I have family members who have been displaced mm-hmm. because they lost a job and it was through no design of their not being a hard worker. You know, that that's the stuff we do some other, you know, more, quote, unquote, academic programs. When we talk about, you know, dispelling the myths, homelessness and remind people, first of all, homelessness is not an identity. It's a circumstance. And any one of us through no design of our own could end up. And I think that's the hardest thing for many people to acknowledge is that you could possibly, that right. you know, they must have done something or they have not worked hard enough or you know, rather than saying, well, they didn't have a support network mm-hmm. or they didn't have any straps on the boots and they didn't have any boots to pull themselves up by. So <laughs> those are the kinds of conversations that have to happen when you start looking at people's humanity. That, that's interesting because I was listening to a, uh, a radio show on NPR, uh, this, this kind of, I'll say it in the middle, maybe in the summer of the pandemic and everything. Mm-hmm. And this uh, lady who was doing well, mm-hmm. uh, lost her job. Uh, and then uh, she wound up being uh, homeless. And she was talking about, you know, she drives up to uh, get food. Yep at a food bank or whatever in a very nice car and people are looking at her like, uh, what are you doing? And she had those same ideas, you know. About other people before she was in that situation. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it it changes your perspective when you when you have to deal with it yourself. And it's, it's you know, it's easy to say this because I, first of all, I want to acknowledge that yes, in fact, I don't live in this particular space where our activity happens. Um, and I do know that I get to come home and then to go back every other week. Now, I don't have a business there. I don't live there. But, but I also know that um, there, there, have to, there must be ways in which we can sort of respond to this communal need that doesn't dehumanize and doesn't want to erase and, you know, uh, dis- disenfranchise. You know, that's the part that's missing. It's not the, it's not the what solely it's also the how 
And when you're putting up chain link fences and, you know, I, I have said this multiple times that the stuff that we are giving folks, nobody is, is staying in that circumstance because they want a tube of toothpaste right. or, or soap. That, that's ridiculous to imagine that people are lazy and don't want to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard this from many uh, sides of the aisle uh, politically who have no patience with this. And it's, it's hard to imagine, you know, now people are more concerned because it's seasonal. And that's what's been different about our operation is that we were not doing this season. You know, now it's time for people to give people a turkey at Thanksgiving and, right. and do all the things that, that make us feel good. Um, but then we, you know, we're going to collect some blankets now and all that stuff is good. But we've been trying to do this all year round. And granted, we only do it every two weeks. So that's not every day. Mm-hmm. So we're not social workers. All we are are people who are trying, and I mean, intergenerational volunteers from 20 to 70, organizations coming down. We are just trying to be kind to somebody and to say, good morning, how are you? What's your name? How can we help you this morning? It's amazing how that can just lift somebody's spirit. Uh, And if they, you know, need a contact, then we'll try to get them to some place that we can't do it. But we've, we've tried to connect a number of people to other uh, partnerships and other organizations who are doing stuff that we're not doing. Yeah, that's great. This is the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. One way you can support Radio Phoenix is by becoming one of our members. For as little as $35 per year, members receive discounts, savings, and other benefits provided by our membership program partners. And don't forget the membership fee is tax deductible. For more information or to sign up, call 480-829-5746 or go online to RadioPhoenix.org. Click on the support tab at the top and then become a member on the drop-down menu. We thank you for your generous support of Community Radio. Althea Long, and you're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show. Stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up. The Alvin Galloway Show, Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. for conversation, music, and culture. And tune in to The Althea Long Show. It's a music mind walk every Sunday at noon to 2 p.m. right here on Radio Phoenix. How, how do individuals... Um get involved, say, either by donating or whatever they can right. do. Well, let, let me say in terms of donations, uh, we, we have, we have a, uh, we have halted our accepting of donate donations of women's clothes because we have an overstock as do other organizations. So I will ask people that if they have men's clothes, we need anything and everything men's gently worn and new from underwear to, um, pants to, um, you know, casual, uh, casual things, not so much dress for success stuff. Mm-hmm. That's special. But, you know, people will, will go to our website at uh, projecthumanities.asu.edu, or they can uh, message me privately 
Neil Lester and we will figure out a time and what the donations are so that they can be picked up. We're not like uh, Salvation Army or Goodwill that can come around with a truck. So I organize that and try to coordinate it so that I'm safe and the person is safe. Uh, I'll be at the warehouse tomorrow at 10 o'clock and I'm having people make appointments when they want to drop things off and I'll have a space for them to leave those donations without us having to have interrupt uh, interactions. So um, they can do that or they can call our office and leave a message. And that number is 480-727-7030. That's 480-727-7030. You can also go to Amazon wish list for Project Humanities and you'll see those ongoing things and they'll come straight to me and I will take them and we'll put them in some different bags and pass them on to the people who will distribute them on our behalf. So we've got a system, it's modified, but we're trying to keep people involved and also safe. That's great, that's great. Yeah. It's definitely needed. And um, well, unfortunately, uh, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, and, I, and I'll tell you, you know, there, there's such small things that were, the person who's our liaison, he's a former student, he has volunteered with us, but just last week, there was a tarp. That's what I'm saying. These things that we don't even think there was a tarp in, in our warehouse space. And I said, well, why don't you take this tarp? It was beginning to rain. And he said, as he was leaving, he uh, stopped by a, uh, uh, a place near Tempe Town Lake. And he said, I saw this man. And, and, and it, was, it was so moving that, that it led him to tears. But he said, what he was doing is that he was driving by and, and this guy had his hands in his, in his, uh, his head in his hands and he was crying. Hmm. And it was, I think last Thursday when we were all praying and thankful for rain. And this person was concerned about his stuff getting wet and freezing. Hmm. And so Austin pulled out the tarp and gave it to him. And he said, I, I have some, some, some duct tape. I'm going to make me a makeshift tent so that I don't get wet. Hmm. And, you know, even telling that story, uh, it, it makes me sad. It also makes me angry. And it was an old man. Hmm. And there's something about this, you know, and it, it sounds like it's a, a, a biblical parable. But he said, you know, I saw this old man and he was sitting by the road. So I pulled over. He had his face in his hands and was crying. And he told me that everything he has is soaked and he's so cold. He's afraid he'll freeze tonight. He sleeps in the alley behind the trailer park. And I gave him and his friends some blankets, sleeping bags and blue tarp that that you, me, gave him. And he has a roll of duct tape and he's going to make a makeshift tent out of the tarp. I got back in the car and started crying. We had a conversation and he and his friend were so kind and sweet. And after I leave, I'm going to take him some more supplies. So we didn't get anybody a job, but we gave somebody tart that had been in that warehouse for months now. Mm. And for whatever reason, I hope that the person um, recognizes that there's somebody out here who cares and that we're, we're trying to do what we can to extend some humanity. Yeah. You gave him hope. I hope, I hope so. Yeah. You know, people say that's not enough, but uh, I think when we, when we lose, when we lose hope, I think that's really scary for all of us. So mm -hmm. there's gotta be hope that we can do better. And that if we can't fix things, we can at least impact negatively where we are. This is the Alvin Galloway show.
Sister Rosetta Thornton. Well, thank you for coming on the show uh, today. Uh, and thank your wife for allowing you to, uh, for me to interrupt your dinner. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will, I will pass, pass that on. Uh, but thank you for, for continuing to do the work. And thanks also for uh, helping us over the years spread the word about how we can all get involved. People are always saying, what can I do? What can I do? There is something everybody can do. Absolutely. There is something everybody can do if you're committed to doing something. Yeah. And I thank you for the work that you do to celebrate and promote community and including Project Humanities and my work in that promotion. Well, you know, I got to help out my brother. So You do. You do. Yeah. My parents would be very upset if we didn't. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, sir. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Dr. Neil Lester, founding director of Project Humanities at Arizona State University and a professor in the English department at Arizona State University. standing by thank you Lord 
Calvin Coolidge Good, 93, the quote-unquote conscience of the Phoenix City Council has passed. Councilman Good, who I considered a friend and a fellow church member of the historic Tanner Chapel AME Church, passed away on December 23rd at 3.25 p.m. at Banner University Medical Center from a non-COVID-related illness. Memorial services are pending. Councilman Good served on the Phoenix City Council for 22 years. His work was geared to improved, impoverished areas of the city, support disadvantaged youth, and fight discrimination. In 1971, he became the second African-American elected to the council following Morrison Warren, and he represented much of Southeast Phoenix and Ahwatukee foothills. Good, who lost a bid become mayor in 1990, 
retired from the council in January 1994. He was a proud resident since 1955 of the East Lake Park neighborhood, living across the street from East Lake Park at 16th Street and Jefferson, an area that was shaped by housing segregation. Phoenix is an area shaped by housing segregation and integral to Phoenix's black community and its civil rights movement. An amphitheater in the park is dedicated to him, as is the Calvin C. Good Municipal Building in downtown Phoenix. Mr. Good was a strong supporter of Phoenix preservation, finding support to grant historic preservation of buildings and create historic neighborhood overlays. He also supported efforts to to revitalize the city's core during the 1980s, a need fueled by expanding population. He also worked to ensure that city provides for low and moderate income housing and programs for disadvantaged youngsters. Mr. Good was born in Oklahoma and was just 10 months old when his family moved to Arizona. They settled near Gila Bend. Family members picked cotton, and when the high school in Gila Bend wouldn't register a young black Calvin because of the color of his skin, the family moved to Prescott. During Good's junior year in high school, the cold weather made him ill, and the family moved to Phoenix, where he enrolled at the historic black Carver George Washington Carver High School. After graduation, after graduating in 1945, he went to Phoenix College and on to Arizona State University, where he completed a business degree and a master's in education. He went to work as an accountant for Carver High School and other Phoenix Union High School district schools. In 1960, he married Georgia, who was called Georgie Stroud, a school teacher from Atlanta, Georgia. They had three sons, Vernon, Gerald, and Randolph. Now, Mrs. Good, Georgie May Good, was a longtime Phoenix educator and community activist of, in her own right and passed away in June of 2015 at the age of 87. The two were inseparable. Wherever you saw one, you saw the other. I regarded them as the perfect married couple. Now, Mr. Good met his wife while accompanying a friend of his, E.E. Roberts, to Atlanta, and their love blossomed from there. Mr. Good was very active in other parts of the community, serving on the Booker T. Washington Child Development Development Center, advocating for the development of the Carver Museum Cultural Center, and other establishments in Phoenix. He was an activist and proponent for 
the South Phoenix area. A soft-spoken individual. He was still a powerful power broker. Many who sought political office in the black community or political uh, endorsements from the black community first sought support from Mr. Calvin C. Good. I'm going to miss Mr. Good. Mr. Good was a good man. Rest in peace, my friend, Calvin Coolidge Good. Rest in peace. Thank you for your service. You have completed your job and done it very well. Please enjoy your holiday season, but take this virus seriously. Mask up, social distance, stay at home. I know many of us want to visit family and friends because tis the season that we do this. But remember their safety. Remember your safety. Remember the safety of others that you love, of others that you might come in contact with. And remember your own safety. So until we nip this bug, this virus, this coronavirus, this COVID-19 in the bud, take the CDC uh, precautions, mask up, social distance, stay at home. You don't need to travel unless it's really, really necessary. And as I said, I know we want to be with our loved ones. I know I love to be with mine. But I want to watch out for their safety and my safety and respect other people's lives. You might not want to mask, wear a mask. But your rights do not, should not infringe on the rights of other people, other people's right to life. And please, please stop listening to those wackos you find on the Internet that you can't research their information that are giving you all kinds of crazy ideas and false information. Don't pass it unless you really know it is a fact. Do not pass it along because we have enough trouble as it is in this world. Check your stuff. Check yourself. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. And if I don't hear from you, or see you, or you hear from me before the new year. Happy New Year, and 2021 will be a better year because hopefully we have learned to love each other, to not take each other for granted, to respect each other. And when we have that change, 
of the current occupant of the White House, I see a brighter day coming to this country and to the world. This is the Alvin Galloway Show, and remember to catch us every Sunday from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on RadioPhoenix.org. Check out our Facebook page, The Alvin Galloway Show. You can catch The Alvin Galloway Show podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public. Don't forget, tune in. Pocket Casts, Overcast, and CastBox. The Alvin Galloway Show. And other forms where you listen to your favorite podcast show. And as always, remember that today is a great day to make somebody's day great. Stay safe, stay in, stay protected, stay healthy.
Lauren Diego, what child is this? <laughs>